Hello. Hey, it's Paul Reiser calling. Good morning. Good morning. Good evening. <laughs> Hi, Paul Reiser. Uh, this is Midge, and uh, it is evening. I think we're in the, the same time zone, right? We are in the exact same time zone. Um, I'm glad that you're calling in and that you made a little bit of time with me. Where are you at right now? I'm in L.A. I'm down at home in L.A. Mm. and heading up tomorrow. So this will air tomorrow, yeah? Yeah, it will. Mm-hmm. In the morning. Uh, so right. your good morning will make perfect sense then. There you go. See, I was practicing. All right. <laughs> so you're down home in L.A. Does that mean that you kind of kick off your, your little tour tomorrow? You know, kind of been started already, but I think the word tour is a little generous. It, every <laughs> every other weekend I go somewhere. So it's oh. not, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, Merle Haggard on a bus for seven <laughs> months. That's a different tour. Yeah. Uh, well, I think at this point in uh, your career, you can just every other weekend if you want to. And I have the feeling, now, have you been to Humboldt County before? I have not. I have not. I'm looking forward. Yeah, I was going to say, you may end up liking it a little more than you would expect, especially considering it's about 70 degrees up here. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is, well, I may stay. Maybe I'll stay. Yeah. It's nice. You get the beach, you get the redwoods, um, you get cow pastures. There's a lot going on up here. <laughs> Can't beat it. That's three for three. All right, great. I'll be there. Good. Well, you will be here tomorrow night. Um, and I kind of wanted to ask you about how this is going for you. Now, you have had all kinds of different things in your career, right? You've done movies, you've done TV, books. Um, what is bringing you back to stand-up comedy at this point? That's an interesting question. Uh, I, you know, I never really meant to not be doing stand-up. It just, uh, it got away from me when I got distracted with so many other things. <laughs> but, um, you know, when I started a hundred years ago, that was all I wanted to do was stand-up. So that was my goal. I mean, that was what I wanted to do. I wasn't really bitten by the acting bug. I was bitten by the comedy bug. So I was always itching to get back. And, um, when I did, I actually take, took a long time off. And when Mad About You started for the next, you know, 10, 15 years, I kind of just didn't go out. And, but with always the intention of going out. And then when I did, I was like, oh, why was I waiting? This is, I just missed it. It was really just so fun. And at this point, you know, in contrast with these shows that I'm doing, which are great, but they're, it's a different thing when you're doing Stranger Things or the boys. It's like you do it and then. 11 months later, you see it, and you go, oh, that looks good. But, you know, it's a long waiting gestation period. In stand-up, you just go out there, you know, you think of something at 7 o'clock, and you tell people at 8 o'clock, and they laugh at 8.01. <laughs> well, the hope is that they laugh at 8.01. Yeah. Well, also, actually, the hope is they laugh at 8. You don't want to wait 60 seconds for the laugh. That's bad. That's a very, that's longer than the 11 months uh, that it takes yes, to see exactly. your show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're getting lots of good practice then, I would assume, uh, every other weekend. Yeah, you know, and when I if, I, if I don't have something lined up, I'll run down to a comedy club here in town and just, you know, try out new bits or just keep the muscle flexed. And, and uh, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it, for me, it's one of those things, the more you do it, the more fun you have and the... Every time I get off, I go, oh, I think, I, I think I'm getting uh, the hang of this now. It's like it's a learning curve that just never ends. Well, and I mean, that's got to be pretty nice. And especially considering, I feel like, you know, there's been a lot of change in um, TV. As you know, now you're doing streaming and things like that. But comedy, I feel like, is changing 
by the minute. And in particular, right now, has anything changed for you since you went up, as you said, 100 years ago as uh, in compared to right now? You know, it's funny. People talk about how much comedy has changed. And my, my experience is the opposite. It's like, it's the only thing that hasn't changed. I mean, the things you might talk about can change and the world has changed, but the actual doing of it is is old school and low tech as it can be. Mm-hmm. You know, you go up, you think of something, you, you you work on it, you try it out, they laugh, they don't laugh, you try it again the next night. It's, you know, there's no way to speed it up. That's kind of what I love about it. The more you do, I was saying, the more you do, <laughs> the more fun you have. But it's also... Uh, there's no way, there's no other way. You know what I mean? There's no, you can't, there's no app that you can accelerate the process. You gotta, you gotta go up every night and you just work the muscle and you work the material and it's just, and you learn something every night. So, and it's just the immediacy of, of, you know, it's not Zoom. There's actually people in front of you and they're laughing. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm, Oh man. Did you feel the effects of Zoom? Because man, there is no bomb like a bomb on Zoom. Yeah, you know, comedians, the the currency is we want to hear those laughs. Mm-hmm. And if you don't hear them, you, you know, sometimes we've done, I've done, uh, you'll do like a big media press thing and there'll be, uh, you know, dozens of journalists on the other end, but you can't hear them. Mm-hmm. You'll say something you think is clever and there's just silence and going, did they not find it funny or are they just on mute? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the interaction is, is kind of key. Yeah, I feel like I, after the pandemic, because I myself uh, am certainly no professional comedian, but I always like to throw a few things out in meetings. And I'll tell you, the isolation of the pandemic was one thing, but the isolation of not making people laugh in a meeting right. what, whoa, <laughs> killed me. That's right. That's so funny. Yeah, because it, 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 uh, it eases the tension. And, and uh, absent that, you just have tension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so it must be nice to be back in person uh, here in Humboldt County. But so you do stand up. I, I have to ask you about another thing, because this is a radio station. I see that you co-wrote the theme song for Mad About You. Are you also? I did. Are you a I musician? Did. What are you going to do? What are you going to make of it? Gonna, <laughs> uh, I did. Yeah. I was. Well, I was. I was a music major in college. I mean, I was. That's. I've always been playing piano and and uh, and. But it was literally an accident. Of a couple of weeks, or maybe even two weeks before Mad About You premiered, I was in an airport. Helen Hunt and I were traveling to New York to do some promotion. And bumped into Don Was, who's a legendary, you know, genius producer, musician. And he's produced The Stones and Bonnie Raitt and everybody in the world. And we just were chatting. And I, I said, you know, we have a theme song, but I don't think I like it too much. I said, but we air in two weeks. He goes, well, let's write one, you and me. I went, yeah, but we'd have to do it, like, tonight. He goes, let's do it tonight. I went, okay. <laughs> and I went to, we got to New York, and, like, 10.30, showed up at a studio, and he was finishing up a, a session, and... We just started jamming a thing and wrote a little thing. And on the plane home, I wrote some lyrics. The next thing I know, we're in L.A. with this. He got all these top-notch musicians, and Andrew Gold was singing it. I went, look at this. He made That's why he's a producer. He just made that happen. <laughs> he so, produced it. He literally produced it out of thin air. And uh, that thing has, has legs. It, it's, it startles me sometimes <laughs> that people know that song. People have told me they got married to that song. I go, well, that's really sweet. That's a nice bonus. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure when you were uh, just kind of tinkling around on the piano, you weren't expecting that to be. No, I did not expect a wedding uh, to be playing it.
Yeah, yeah. I wonder you should get um, streaming rights uh, to that, right? You want to get a little credit on that exactly. one. Exactly. Who do I talk to? I'll have to get on that, <laughs> Well, so, uh, you know, I've always found there to be a little bit of an overlap between music and comedy. Do you know what I mean by that? I feel like there's like a weird rhythm where if you're into comedy, you probably have a little bit of musicality in you too. Do you, is that a total stretch or do you know what I'm talking no, about? No, I think that's true. I think there is a rhythm. I don't, I don't know that every comic is a musician, but I, um, there is certainly a rhythm to comedy and that you discover and it changes every night because you can write everything, you know, within, you know, a, an inch of life and mm-hmm. it, it'll be different the next night and you're always that's why part of why you're always chasing it because like oh you you change the rhythm or there's somebody in the audience their laugh came at a different pace um and there's a pace there's a natural pace to a to an evening you know and you know I, I, i've been doing longer than i imagined and the shows have been doing like in like an hour and a half and sometimes longer and and you watch it, it's like, oh, there's a, there, even if you don't plan it, there is a sort of rhythm to it that starts out at a certain peak and then it, you sort of, you know, ease off the pedal and then you goes up again. And so there is a flow to it for sure. Well, and the thing I would assume about people who come to see your shows is because you've had a career that goes back to, um, Again, 1847. <laughs> All the way back when you were writing with a quill. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, but you do. You've had so many different parts of your career when it comes to, again, Mad About You. And then, of course, um, Aliens, you know, the bad guy yeah. in Aliens. Yeah. And now I'm sure there's younger people. You've kind of had this resurgence with young people in Stranger Things. I'm assuming it's kind of young people. Yeah. yeah. So do you find that you get kind of a varied audience from that? Yeah, it's really been interesting to see. First of all, Stranger Things is a really odd, not odd, but it, it's a wonderful phenomenon that it is one of the few shows that families watch together. And I hear that all the time from parents who are going, oh, man, that's the only thing my kids and I watch. That They like it for different reasons, but they all sit and watch it together. And, um, yeah, at this point, I definitely see a, a very diverse age group in the audience, which is great. And they all seem to be having fun, which is comforting and reassuring. But I can kind of look at the crowd and go, okay, that, that those couple. A 40-year-old couple, that's a mad about you fan. <laughs> those kids are stranger things. That guy with the tattoos, he's from the boys. Yeah. And that 70-year-old guy watched Kaminsky Method. <laughs> you know, it can, you can sort of spot where they come in from. Well, I was wondering about that. If you can tell when somebody comes up to you, because there's just such a wide pool of people, if you can spot and you have to wonder, like, what what am I going to have to give to them, right? What catchphrase, <laughs> what, what are they going to want specifically from me? <laughs> You know, you never, it's always funny to me what people do remember. Uh, You know, I've worked on shows that I've put so much energy and focus and time into and nobody will see it or it'll be, you know, very few people. Um, You know, I I, I did a show that's on Peacock now. It's called There's Johnny, which I had been working on for years and it was a labor of love. It, was, it takes place at the Tonight Show in 1972, so it's like fictitious storylines and fictitious people, but they're working at, at the real Tonight Show. And it was a real labor of love. 17 people saw it. And then uh, sometimes I'll do like one line in one scene, and people will remember that. I go, oh, boy, I didn't work for that one at all. <laughs> you know what always surprised me? For some reason, and this happens almost regularly, people will come over to me 
uh, and I remember one line from Beverly Hills Cop, the original one, which I was in for like a day, <laughs> and I had two lines, one of which I improvised. And at the end of the scene, we're in a locker room, and I just kind of got yelled at by the boss, and I go, "Hey, this is not my locker," and I walk out. It was a little throwaway line. Just I don't know how to get. I don't know how to walk away. So I'll say something. To this day, people come over and go, "Hey, locker, this is not my locker." Or I'll be in an airport, and somebody will go, "Hey." This is not my suitcase. I go. I don't know what you're talking. <laughs> what? It's not my suitcase. Oh, I see. You're uh, doing a joke on a joke. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's. Uh, but it's all. It's all flattering. If anybody, you know, anybody who's enjoyed anything you did, it's yeah. nothing to be sneezed at. It, well, yeah. Especially. I mean, if you can be lumped in with Beverly Hill Cop. I mean, why would you not take that? I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> and especially maybe after a show, right? Somebody comes up and they go, I was dying to see. Could you top? That's not my locker. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Well, that's one of the things I've, I haven't really done it much since um, in these recent shows. But we'll do we, – I say me. It's we. Um, it's me. Um, <laughs> one of the things – one of the things that's been fun to do is in the shows I'll do you know, a little Q&A section towards the end of the show and I'll take questions from the audience or they'll write them down and I'll read them. And there are always offbeat questions that I didn't expect and that's usually often the highlight of the show for me because anyway, mm-hmm. it's like I don't know what's coming. But afterwards I'll meet people after a show and, and that's when you really find out, for me anyway, I, I, where I find out the impact of some of your stuff because we don't know, you know. So, and when Mad About You was on, that was 30 years ago, so or plus, it started 30 years ago. So, well, there wasn't really social media then, and I was very busy making it, so I wasn't out in the world. Well, now people come over and they'll say, Yeah, we got married to your theme song, or gee, that episode, that oh, we always do that joke in our house, or boy, that scene really touched my wife and I, and it really, and I go, I didn't know any of this, I didn't know. All these, you know, personal details. When you hear them actually coming back from real life people, that's a big part of, for me, a big part of the fun of getting out there and performing for people. It sounds almost as good as residuals. It's better than residuals. Because <laughs> residuals, you go, really? That's all? dollar <laughs> forty. That, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> well, so it sounds like um, when people come to see you, what will be tonight uh, at the Van Duzer Theater. What you're hoping for is a good offbeat question and maybe a little bit of sincerity. I don't need sincerity. That's the last <laughs> thing I need. Uh, I got sincerity coming out my ears. Uh, yeah, you know what, people? Here's the thing. I kind of feel like we have a relationship with the audience and, and me. I feel like we have one at this point. Uh, if people, Yes, there are people who maybe just kind of discovered that I do stand-up, which is kind of funny to me. I've been doing it so long, but people go, oh, I only knew him Stranger Things. I didn't know he was a comedian. But um, I feel like if they've shown up and they've come to the theater, I think we're going to get along pretty good. You know what I mean? It's not, they didn't get there by accident, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So they, they know me, and I kind of feel like I know them, and so we kind of hit the ground running. And It's, it's just been uh, it's like getting together with old friends. It's really, it's really a fun, fun evening for me. And for them, as far, as far as I can tell. Maybe <laughs> well, they get in the car and they mutter bad things, but as far as I can tell, everybody's going home happy. Well, as long as they do it outside of the theater and earshot right. of you. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Well, they're going to have the opportunity to see you 
again, what is tonight, at the tonight. Van Duzer Theater, yes, and hope... I should probably get off and go to the airport so <laughs> that I can be there. Well, and with the airport up here, uh, you may never make it, uh, that is kind of a classic thing. We Uh-oh. built, yeah, the, the fog keeps people away, but it also, if you make it here, you again may never leave. Right, but you're saying I have no choice in that one. Yeah, exactly. The right. Fog make, so Humboldt fog, that's where the cheese comes from. I get it. Uh-huh. Because there's a fog. I get it. Mm-hmm. You well, come for the cheese, but you yeah. stay because of the fog. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very few people come for the fog and stay for the cheese. That just seems <laughs> odd. Well, you've had Humboldt fog. It's pretty good cheese. It is. It is very good cheese. Now, here's, by the way, just for the future going forward, not the best thing to tell somebody uh, who's flying into your town yeah. that, you may not make it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's encouraging. Thank you, Midge. <laughs> well, there actually um, is an article that just came out in the LA Times about how we're kind of this um, this bastion of cool, like a cool, foggy paradise as the rest of the country just roasts. Uh. And that came out, and everyone here locally was like, don't tell them. Don't, they'll never leave. Yeah. They will come, and they will never leave. They'll never leave, and they'll make it hot by being so many people. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I, will, I promise I won't stay, and I won't bring rowdy people. We'll just I'll, we'll in and out of there. Okay. In and out. Well, we will have our own rowdy people. No heckling. Come with a good question, and maybe... Even though, even though you said you don't want it, maybe just maybe a little bit of sincerity. No, no, sincerity. You know, I just come ready to have a good time, okay. and uh, and and he, and I always tell people, here's my money back guarantee. If you come to my show tonight at the Van Duzel Theater, mm-hmm. and you don't have a great time, uh, I will come back next year, and I'll take you to see somebody funnier. You know what? <laughs> you want to go see Jim Gaffigan or something? I'll help you with that. <laughs> Oh, what do you know? The plane won't land this time next year, but yeah, there you go. we'll deal with it then. Okay, well, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Thank you. Thanks for the time. And if you come to the show tonight, come say hello. I absolutely uh, will. All right. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you. Goodbye.